Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about a little plot that I have that you and I could engage with against the other players? Hmm, boy, is this a conspiracy? Little bit. <laughs> nice. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I'm your other host, Senda. And for today's episode, Ruben on Twitter asked us, Hey, longtime listener, first time requester. Welcome. Yes, good. I love that requester. -er. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on GMs scheming with players. Me and one of my players recently switched their PC with an imposter and it played out really well. However, what are the pitfalls and how do you make sure that it's fun for everyone? Yeah, so we are super glad <laughs> that this went well. Yeah. Um, but if you've listened to this show or you've listened to me on the Misdirected Mark, you will know that I have some strong feelings about this because this can also go horribly wrong. Yeah, it's definitely one of those that, like, if you pull it off, and it sounds like you pull it off, which good on you. Like, if you pull it off, then yes, it will be super cool. But there are a lot of pitfalls along the way that could make it go really badly. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so that's our plan for today. Our plan for today, first of all, we our hat tip to you, Ruben. Yes. For pulling indeed. for pulling this off, um, because there are ways to pull it off um, safely. And then we're going to also, we're going to talk about those pitfalls. We're going to talk about the dangers, the way that this can go wrong, and what are, what is some of the fallout uh, from this? So, yeah. <laughs> um, and how to hopefully potentially avoid some of that, right? Absolutely. We, how to set it up so that you can dodge some of those. Yeah. If you want to use this tool, there are safe ways to use it. Like, let us today talk about some of the safe ways um, to do that. Now, maybe let, let me pause you. Let's let's uh, let's say safer, right? Sure. Because there's no way that we can be completely safe about everything. Absolutely. But, but there are things you can do to make it safer, right? Yeah. Good. There are mitigations that you can yes. take. Yes. Good. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, by way of this, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little talking. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a little talking here. Um, in order to talk about how this could go wrong, mm -hmm. um, we are gonna step into the wayback machine. Um, and uh, head to a time when flannel shirts and grunge music was all the rage, um, and everything was all about Seattle. Welcome to the mid-90s. <laughs> uh, here in the mid-90s, uh, I, as a fairly young GM, having, I think, maybe 10 years of experience, right, at that point? Oh my gosh, that's still, like, just to be clear... A lot of experience, but different experience because we are talking about the 90s, right? Exactly. And we talked about um, GMing, table safety, and all sorts of stuff in a very different or non-existent way. Non-existent <laughs> way. Yes. Yes. Um, also, I was not the facilitator GM. I was at this time, I was very much the command and control GM um, that yes. I was in my youth. Anyway, back to uh, my flannel shirts. Um, mm -hmm. 30 years ago, I was running... Uh, Amber Diceless 
for the second time I had um, second, third time I had run it a couple times in the early nineties for my group from my hometown. I had just, in this case, the story that we're going to tell is like, I first moved to Buffalo. I just met Bob. Right. And this is like the second game I'm running with Bob is this Amber uh, game and it is um trying to think in total like four or five players in like in there bob is one of the players but the player that we want to focus on um is a guy named jim okay so jim like we all like we sat down to play amber now for those not familiar amber diceless is um first of all it is a diceless role-playing game there are no dice uh the gm just arbitrates things based on stats and narrative positioning that's a whole show into itself uh it is based on the rogers lasney books uh the chronicles of amber and it is about this immortal and dysfunctional multi-dimensional family they basically have the ability to traverse the multiverse um but they are um they're mostly awful with that much power um they are you know they're not great people and you play their children so you are the descendants of these um these powerful immortals you have your own immortal power yourself and the game is designed with like a little bit of pvp in it by default like the game like even character creation is a bit pvp because you actually have an auction and bid on your stats against the other players Yikes. Um, okay, in order yeah. to find out like who is the best swordsman of your generation and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. So someone is the best, but you don't like group decide and share that stuff out. No, no, no. You, you like, compete. Fight for it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So get, so get the feel <laughs> that this game's got a bit of a PVP component. It also has a huge intrigue component. Intrigue is a big part of the stories. It is a big part of this game. Okay. So we start playing this game and none of the players in the group are overtly PVP. Right. If anything, they're they're either stay out of each other's way or they are, uh, you know, sometimes cooperative. Enter Jim and Jim's uh-huh. character, Ermaine. OK, so one day Jim's like he just emails me and he's like, I want to do this thing. And I was like, OK, you can do that thing in the game. And um, he started getting bolder and bolder. And he started. um coming up with more and more plans, more and more elaborate plans, things that even involved um, garnering aid and killing some of the weaker elder Amberites. Um, And all of this over a period of time, a long period of time, um, had built up to this moment where, and this is based on the games, he was going to destroy the known universe and rebuild it in his image. So for those familiar with Amber, he was going to erase the pattern of Amber and etch his own new pattern um, to remold the universe in his image. Uh, And that is where our campaign ended was with him doing that. Um, there was like a whole bunch of misdirection. The players were all running off in the in different directions. And before they knew what happened, he had destroyed the universe and rebuilt it. Um, and, and they were pleased with that, I'm sure. And no, they were not. Um, when it all came out in that final episode, like after we had finished playing and it was all done and we kind of had this like denouement while, while all the players kind of like sought refuge somewhere else in the universe. Um, 
we like sat and talked about like all the things that were going on behind the game and how all these things that the players had thought were going on were actually Ermain's like behind the scenes plans and that he was basically playing two games at the at the height of this he was playing a game in public at the table with everybody but then yes. emailing and doing all this stuff behind the game behind the scenes right. and he, not that he was it, literally playing a secondary game that no one else correct and knew not, was even necessarily a possibility and not that other players weren't taking actions between games like i was okay, getting good. the occasional email from somebody oh i want to work on this i want to do that but yeah. not to the level of deviousness yeah. That that Ermain was working at. Now, to be fair, I did actually try to intervene by having a pretty powerful um, exiled Amberite come and scare him, like to try to get him to slow down or quit this endeavor. Um, but he uh, turned around and embraced this guy and was like, ah, my long lost uncle of whom I, you know, I, you know, pledge my fidelity to. And I was like, oh boy, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. And of course this guy was totally going to use him. Yes. And before this guy could completely use him, and he did, Ermain also backstabbed this guy. Like he was, yeah. I mean, Jim was just, Jim was really good at this, like really good at intrigue um, and was running double crosses everywhere. So anyway, yeah. the culmination of this is when the reveal comes out and the and and we are playing this final game. One player cried. One player didn't talk to Jim for several months, and the other ones sat there slack-jawed and stunned. Yeah. Now, years later, I think, you know, most of most people got over it, but in its moment during the reveal, I realized, oh, no, no one else is thrilled about this at no all. No one else is right? having like, fun right now. <laughs> yeah, no one else is having. Jim is having fun because he's revealing all this stuff he's done. And for a long time, right? Like campaign yeah. had played for over a year. He had gotten into this like within the first couple months of the game oh, and like just started like unveiling like, oh, that thing that happened. No, that was me. Oh, that thing. Oh, they're dead. Like I killed them like months, like I killed them months Ugh. ago and hid their body. Like, you know, like all this stuff. Right. Um, it was, so for me, it was a learning experience right after the fact of like, holy shit, boy, did this go out of control. Right. Like yeah. what I thought was going to be cool. Totally. Like, like, I, like other people, while they've in retrospect, like if you ask Bob, he will tell you that he had fun time playing Amber. But also, he will tell you that last day was, you know, pretty rough. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a problem, right? It was a problem. And and that's like the abbreviated bit of it. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it as we go on, um, because I, over the 30 years and over many blog articles and podcasts and sitting around talking to people um, and, you know, seminars at conventions, I have picked apart this example for all of its failures. Um, and there yeah. were many. Right. There yeah, are this, many, many failures. To be clear, this is the reason this story is the central point of this episode is because it is the cautionary tale yes. of pretty much all the places, or at least many of the places that this kind of conspiracy can go wrong. 100%. 
Yeah, 100%. you found a lot of them by doing them. And yes. like, that's okay. We get to use that as content now. Exactly. And that is Everything exactly what... Everything is content. Everything is content. <laughs> I like content after the fact, not content during. Like, that's during the difference the fact, between yeah. you and I. You were very much yeah. content, content during. I'm content after. Yeah, I like just recorded all my content live. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in order to in order to provide some pitfalls to discuss the potential pitfalls, I will be referring back to this tale uh, and Senda is going to talk about areas that um, areas that you should be aware of and kind of what makes them uh, work. And then I'm going to tell you the story about how I didn't do those things. Yes. Yes. Good. Perfect. Um, so the first one, and this is always big, right? is consent and the correct setting of expectations. So that being essentially informed consent, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so this is where we get into um, making sure that everybody going into the game um, understands the potential for something like this to happen yes. um, and has the expectation going in um, and that there are potentially lines, veils, et cetera, set up around what this could look like in case there's specific stuff that is not okay for some people, right? So this is one of those instances where um, your knee-jerk reaction as a GM might be, but the surprise, if we talk about it, they will know it's coming. But trust me when I tell you that um, it gives the players the opportunity and you don't have to like be like, this is exactly what's going to happen. There will be a doppelganger and they will replace one of you, right? Like you don't have to say that. Um, but you need to have the conversation and like know what what safety to wrap around this. So let me give you two examples of this because I was thinking of, uh, I was comparing this. So it's very possible that your campaign isn't going to be based around one of these things, right? Yeah. And that yeah. this may be a spontaneous idea that you have, okay? Yeah. So when we talk about consent and expectations for it, I'm going to use an example. Let's use the game Masks, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's say we're setting, we're setting up our Session Zero for Masks. And I would say, in this case, like, hey, not that I have plans for it, but since mimicry doppelgangers, things like that, could 100% be a power that comes up in this game. Yeah. What How are people's feel feelings? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are people's feelings about, um, you know, a case where somebody mimics one of you guys as a superhero or as a, like, as a, you know, your a secret identity, like those kinds of things. And, and so with that, you can kind of just throw that out there as a, I don't have any plans to use it. I'm just asking to see where it is because in this game, it's quite possible, right? Yeah. Now I want to compare that. Uh, I want to compare that to a game like Vampire or Urban Shadows, or in this case, Amber, where there is absolutely a case where some sort of table conspiracy is going to be possible, right? That 100% the structure of the game, a cartel game, you know, whatever, is going to lean towards having table conspiracies and having the discussion of, do we want those things to happen behind each other's backs? Do we want to have these things happen in the open? because we're all mature and we'll let our characters not know things that we know, all of those things. So 
there are games where this is very much going to be a thing because of their, you know, because of the structure of the game. And then there are games where it's like, well, this could possibly come up. I should just ask people their general comfort level with this tool. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think the other thing that you actually have specifically touched on, and I have strong feelings about, and of course this becomes involved anytime you start talking about table conspiracies, is secrets at the table. Mm -hmm. And there's like a whole other discussion. I think we may have talked about it before. I've definitely written a Gnome Stew article about it that you can dig up. There's a Mr. 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 Mark episode on secrets. Yeah. When you talk about secrets at the table, there are many ways to handle them. And there is a discussion warranted, especially if you're going into a game with heavy intrigue where secrets are an expectation of the game. Um, How are you going to deal with those? Are they player level secrets or are they character level secrets? And my personal preference, and I will just summarize a lot of the stuff I've said about this in the past. My personal preference is always going to be for player, or um, sorry, for character level secrets because it gives players actually the opportunity to steer their characters into those secrets and make them even more fun in the story, right? Yeah. Um, but there are valid reasons to not necessarily make everything a character level secret as long as you have informed consent and like the expectation is set that that's a thing, right? So, so anyway, secrets. Yes. So now... Yes. As we're talking tell about, about. Expect- let me tell you all the places I went wrong. Where did with it this go Amber wrong? <laughs> all right. So first of all, again, Amber had this implied PVP setting, which we kind of talked about at a high level. But what we didn't talk about was how no one really engaged it. Right. Yeah. Like people just chose not to be super competitive with one another. Um, and that is a discussion we absolutely could have had at the table. Like, hey, are you guys, do you guys want to be PVP or are you as a reaction to the fact that your aunts and uncles are, you know, paranoid and scheming, you're the exact opposite of those things, right? That you're cooperative and helpful and whatever. Now, the other thing, and in my game, this just became a thing. It wasn't discussed. We didn't set expectations for it, but pulling the GM away to another room to talk about something was a common occurrence. And at its most ridiculous in the previous Amber game I ran, there was like a session where I basically traveled from room to room GMing. Just talking to like right? one and person then, at a time. Right, so until like a moment where they all came back together in one room to play. It was a giant pain in the ass, right? It is a great case for um, player-facing secrets. Yeah, and I think... There's a there's another aspect of this particular the our cautionary tale game right which is that um, there might have been something to talk about in terms of expectations of like how much conspiracy happened by email right yeah because that was that was like invisible to the point that other players didn't even know because Correct. he didn't say to you at the table hey can we go have a conspiracy moment right yeah so they didn't have anything to look out for they didn't even know that he was thinking on that level or have any sign that he was because you were just getting emails so when we talk about like the double blind the absolutely no visibility to anyone else at the table that's another consideration is like do you allow that conspiracy to evolve in a space where the other players are literally not even playing, right? right? And so the problems for Amber is that, yeah. one, it's a multiverse, right? Yes. So you can travel <laughs> the multiverse to get away from people. Two, yeah. 
time is not universal in this multiverse. So there are okay. what are called fast time and slow time shadows. So yep. like, if you want to do a whole bunch of stuff in a short amount of time, you like jump off to a fast time shadow and yeah. like years go by, even though it's only been hours in Amber. Right. Like, so like, so he's doing years worth of stuff in conversation with you by email between games. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is the problem, That's right? A lot. That's like a this lot. is like you, like the, the problem with Amber is like, it's not like playing D and D where you just enforce linear time and you're like, look, you can't possibly do all this stuff between this session and next session. But in Amber, it was totally possible to There's, do that. Yeah, yeah, basically becomes limitless about how much you could accomplish exactly. between sessions. And how many resources you could acquire because you could oh just go gosh. to a shadow that had the things you needed and were basically like waiting for you to arrive. Like it was, it, the books are great. They're a little sexist because they were written in the 70s. Books are fantastic old fantasy, but it, it but in terms of GMing, it is like a rodeo, right? To keep this game, <laughs> like to keep this game under control. Okay. I'm anyway, seeing that. I'm consent seeing to, that right now. Consent, consent and expectations. Okay. And expectations. What's, yes, what's the next fail? What's the next, what's the next point you should, it, it goes hand in hand with consent and expectations. It does. It does. And that is safety tools, right? You should have some, you should have some safety tools. Um, both for consent control, because if, you know, if we talk about consent, consent is not a one-time thing that you give consent at the beginning of the game and then you're like stuck with that for forever, right? Consent is an ongoing investment in the game and at any time can be revoked, right? Um, and, and in role-playing games, that just looks like, you know, maybe let's not do that, right? Yeah. Um, so you need to have some sort of tool for control for revoking consent. Um, for de-escalating, right? Um, you know, open door policy, get away from that moment, whatever it is, right? There's many tools out there. Use what makes sense um, in 100%. your particular situation. Yeah. And just acknowledge up front, especially going into a game like this, like Amber Diceless, um, betrayal and conspiracy like PvP secrets um, can be emotionally charged, especially when people are very engaged with their characters and care a lot about the game, which is something that we want, right? Like that's a thing we strive for is we want people to be invested like that. So the good news is if they care and they're hurt by that, then you succeeded in getting them invested in the game. And the bad news is that you didn't give them a way to um, be emotionally safer, mm -hmm. Um, or, or, you know, with that investment that they've given you. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, <laughs> that's what we would say about safety tools. Yes. So in our Amber game back in 1995, um, we didn't have any. Yeah. I, I was, and I won't claim that there weren't any because I don't know the origin and history of where safety tools came from. Although I suspect they were, they were after 1990, but where I was in gaming in 1995, I had never heard of them. So yeah. we didn't have any tools whatsoever. We were right. um we were just riding like we were just I mean no seatbelts, no windshield, right? No airbags. <laughs> like we're just driving this thing down. No helmets. Those, like one of those Jeeps with no doors. Yeah. And you yes. didn't have a seatbelt on. <laughs> exactly. Like, Over rough terrain. Like, yes. <laughs> there take there what you wasn't get. even a roll bar. Like Correct. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Really bad. 
but yes, 100% for safety tools. Had I had safety tools back in that day, um, one, we would have definitely had a lines and veils about level of conspiracy, PvP, all of that. And um, for that last game, I definitely would have reinforced open door, right? Like yeah. people get up, walk away for a few minutes, cool off yep, rather cool than off. pushing through any story or anything. Or even like, and and this is this is from a purely GM perspective, um, being able to put the brakes on someone to be like, hey, you're doing a lot of stuff, yeah. um, and I think it's really cool, but um, we need to slow down because you are playing three times as much game as everyone else right now. Yes. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and maybe limit you to one email a week or something, right? Like even that is just um, so that you are maintaining the expectations that are the same as the ones for the other players, which I guess goes more with the first point than the safety tools, but um, it's a communication mm-hmm. um, moment there too, which is not an in-game communication thing to be clear. It is purely an out-of-game communication thing to set up the boundaries so that everybody's working at the same pace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that so was, was, I just dropped that into the wrong point. But anyway, no, no, safety tools are super important and go hand in hand with consent and expectations. You can reinforce the expectations by communication. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. What's our next? Yeah. Uh, what, what's our next one? Yeah, the third one is the stakes, right? Like the mm-hmm. higher the stakes are, the more it is liable to run into the investment that people have with their characters and the game, right? And the riskier that conspiracy can be then um, in terms of people's reaction to it if it's happening at a player level secret, right? So high stakes, um, if it means the death of someone's character, right? The failure of an arc or a campaign or like the way that this campaign ended, which was basically Jim wins role-playing games and no one else knew that they were playing that game. Yes. Um, no one else knew that they were playing to win like that, right? Um, and until Jim won and they lost, um, you know, then that that is going to raise the emotional charge of the situation, um, which makes something like a betrayal in this particular case um, feel a lot worse, right? That's that's way, where we're going. Way. It doesn't worse. feel good at that point because. Um, I think there's a there's a part of this, right, which is um, and, and this again pulls in some of the other things in terms of expectations and stuff, um, feeling like something huge happened over which you had no control and no knowledge because you actually weren't involved in that part of the story at all. Yep. The bigger that thing is that comes at you as a total surprise that you didn't have any agency in as a character, the more it's going to suck. Yep. 100%. And in your case, tell us about your case, because it was the entire universe. <laughs> so it wasn't even just the entire universe, because it okay. was that. It but was, it was that also, and also. <laughs> it was also the death of several of the elder Ambrites, oh, right? Oh, boy. Yeah. Like, it was aunts and uncles having been killed and uh, the universe being destroyed. So the stakes were way too high. 
if Jim had just been running like a low level gambit, like to take over a shadow or steal a thing or something like that, right? Like that would have been the kind of conspiracy that when caught, it would have been like, oh no, like, like Jim, oh. you know, like, oh, you know, like, you oh man, you totally bastard, got me, right? Like that was really cool. Like, yes. how did you pull that off? Sure. Yeah. Sure. But like the, like the destruction of the universe is a, yeah. like, <laughs> it's a, like hard to come back from kind yeah. of thing. Right. It was, it was, it was, it was a problem. Like, yeah. um, and there was, and like, once it was done, it was done. It can't be undone without another bloodbath. Um, and again, we were ending this campaign because I was getting ready for my, um, qualifying exam and I knew I couldn't run this game while I was, while I was, um, knew I couldn't run this game while I was trying to study for my, for my exams. Um, so yeah, so the problem was like the stakes I allowed to happen in the game they escalated too high, right? In retrospect, I should have capped him or I should have like been like, no, but he was really good at this, right? Like he was really good. Um, very <laughs> smart player, very smart. Um, but the stakes went way too high, right? In the beginning when it was low stakes, that's one thing, but um, you know, we let, it, we let it go too far. I will tell you that into this day, within the culture of my game group, there is a verb that is called ermained, where you have been ermaned is a is a oh. sign that you have been double crossed or screwed over to yeah. the hardest and harshest degree possible. Yep. Yeah. Be like, oh, he ermaned that bastard. Right? Yeah. Like that is that is a that is a compliment and insult in my uh <laughs> in my group. Again, yeah. some serious trauma, right? Like some like yeah, I, I, mean, I laugh about it now, but let me tell you. But it's been many, many, many years now, so it's thirty okay years to later laugh about it now. <laughs> it messed up a. Um, it messed up the um, trust in my group for a while. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So stakes. The higher the stakes, the more dangerous this. The more dangerous this gambit becomes. Yes. Okay. Um, cool. Then the next one is chances for discovery. And this is where we get into, um, uh, you know, is there an opportunity for everyone else at the table to discover this? Are they seeing the foreshadowing, you know, so that even when it happens, they can be like, oh man, we didn't connect that dot or whatever it is, right? Like, is there a moment, a point in time, a mechanical way, whatever it is, that you are leading to this. Um, so, and, and this is because, you know, honestly, the conspiracy happening and going through is probably a pretty cool reveal, hopefully, if everybody's on board for it. Um, but also, the discovery and thwarting of a conspiracy along these lines is also very cool and exciting story. Yeah, 100%, right? right? Stopping, like, you, finding you the doppelganger before they get too far or upending absolutely. this conspiracy before it yeah. gets, you know before it gets out of control, like those things are like super heroic. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of, this is my impression. I'm going to hand it off to you. You tell me how you feel about it. I think a lot of the reason that you ran into trouble with the Amber game is that again, so much of this happened by email mm -hmm. where there was literally not even a hint to other players at the table that there was a conspiracy happening. 
um, of any kind, let alone the magnitude or style or who was even involved, right? They didn't even know that someone was playing at this level because it was all happening by email. Um, so there was literally no opportunity for them to see it coming, right? To have any idea. And he was really good at covering his tracks, it sounds like, too. <laughs> yeah, th- there was two. There was a twofold problem. So first of all, Amber is so big of a game. It's, yeah. Uh, that Big. it's easy to just run off to a corner and yeah. like do your thing without anyone noticing. And two, um, it's because the game is kind of universe spanning and stuff like that. It's not suspicious when someone isn't around. So yeah. you actually like players would have had to have like gone looking and, and there are ways to go and find him in the universe. Players would have had to been like, you know what? I need to see what, what Ermain's up to. I need to do some spying on him, right? Like yeah. I need to send a, you know, a, a spy who can cross through the multiverse to find him. I need to like do those things. Had anyone chosen to do that, right? He would have had to have, you know, um, figured out if he could have stopped it or, you know, let it be discovered, whatever, whatever. And that would have been perfectly fine. But the game was like so large and everybody was running like their own like plots. Yeah. That people were like, well, no one's met like Ermain's not messing with my plot. I'll leave it alone. Right. Why would they, why would they mess with his, right? Right. Like- and then on top of that, he was so good at, at, at misdirection that occasionally if someone started to get close, he would just do a thing and cause a commotion somewhere else. Like, I think at one point he took a shot at, I don't remember if he did it or had somebody do it, took a shot at and attempted to kill one of the other, um, one of the aunts and uncles, right? Which then set all the players off to try to find out what was going on and like created this opportunity for Ermain to run off and go do a thing. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. I mean, it was just like he didn't kill like he didn't have to kill the aunt and uncle because he didn't. All he had to do was, you know, create a moment where everybody was like, what's everybody going on? Right. Way. And yeah. And then he ran. He was like, haha, and went the other way and did yes. whatever it was that he wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. So the, so the problem and this is, I think, also a problem with the game system is because the game system was um, because the game system didn't have um, any dice mechanics. As long as you understood how the game was played, used the correct narrative positioning, and had sufficient number of points in something, your chance of getting away with stuff was pretty good. If there had been a randomizer, if there had been skill levels, that kind of thing, like a different kind of game, it is possible to like fail a roll and leave some, like, you know, leave Leave something behind, or somebody rolls exceptionally well and catches on to something going on, that kind of thing. Like, there was no mechanical chances for discovery. There were narrative chances, but you had to, like, actively go through and do something about it. Yeah. Um, in diff- Like, in a game we- like... Yeah, Which, again, to be clear, the rest of the players, from a player perspective, had no reason to think that they needed to, as a character engage in any of that yeah absolutely because it was invisible to them right it was invisible to them they weren't seeing and you know and and again and because this is this was jim he had made up some low stake thing that he was doing that he was playing at the table he was playing at the table right so that people were like oh he's just doing he was was literally playing two completely different games. he was playing two completely different games yeah yeah 
and mind you, for everything that's wrong with this, I facilitated all of it. Yeah. Right? Like, let's just be clear. Well, my mean, role in this is pretty large. Yeah. No. And I'm that. That is that is the point where, as a GM, the the communication moment was: we can't have the bigger game be the one that's happening by email. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like should have worked in some ways. I just like I didn't and neither did the players think to discover right. it. So discovery, chances for discovery. Like, again, if you're doing like um, doppelgangers, like the chance, like letting a player make a, you know, perception check or an empathy or something to be like, boy, that character is missed. Like that character is behaving funny. Yeah. That kind of said you know, a different thing than they they said the phrase they always say slightly wrong. Exactly, whatever it is. they you know they caught the ball with the wrong hand, but then like yeah. put it in the correct in the right hand. hand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. What's uh? Cool. We have one more, right? One more, which is length of time, right? Um. So how long is this going to go on? Um, also has an effect on how big the impact is going to be, right? Um, and that is, again, if we go back to investment, the longer we play this game, the more invested your players are likely to be with it. Um, and so the more reactive they can be if um, they uh, are hurt by uh, how this goes, you know, how this goes down, right? Um, players who are fooled for a short while, probably a lot less feeling betrayed because it was like oh man two sessions that wasn't it was actually not that character that whole time that was wild um yep. versus like a long time you know a year of um thinking that a game was something that it wasn't actually um you, you, those you, are very different stakes again oh 100 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and again that has to do with um that has to do with level of betrayal right so yeah. So if it happens for just a couple sessions, that's not a huge betrayal of trust in the game. Yeah. If it happens for six months or almost a year, like Amber, like um, yours did. that is Sorry. a massive <laughs> betrayal of trust, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it leaves you wondering, like, are you playing the same game? Like, were, like what were we doing? That kind of thing, right? Um, yeah. I can't believe all this stuff happened and nothing, you know, like we never caught on, et cetera, et cetera. And um, like, it's a lot. And like, it charges up. Um, it made things worse. Like it was bad enough during the reveal as we were talking about the things that had just happened. But when players started to find out that like six months ago, a, a rabbit hole that they ran down, or, you know, something that happened to them was just because Jim did it to them. Yeah. Or like, it was like it using was, it as a distraction to send them off oh somewhere my else. God, it was yeah. so much worse. Like it was, it did not make things better. Right. No. Um, <laughs> it did not make things better. And I don't think, you know, when we go back to consent, if, if Jim had been like, hey, I'd like to run a year, like I'd like to run a parallel campaign in which I screw over everybody and destroy the universe or something. I don't feel they would have said yes <laughs> i don't feel like i would have said yes right yeah like, that too <laughs> this like all happened in the moment like it happened session to session it wasn't planned out um and it was hard like i was inexperienced and did not wrangle it back when i should have right like i should have put brakes on it i should have scoped it downward that kind of thing when didn't um and so it persisted for a long time 
There's a really interesting piece to this that I don't think that we've actually addressed, which is that, and this is this is a, just another like mm-hmm. part to this puzzle, right? This wasn't you, the GM, deciding that this would be a cool plot device. Correct. This was actually player-driven yes. um, betrayal of other players at the table, which is not, again, to say anything about Jim. Like, obviously, this stuff was, you know, just... The setup and expectations weren't there that would have told him that this wasn't the plan, right? If um, anything, the game kind of hinted that this is like encouraged a that this is what he should have been doing, and the fact that nobody else engaged in it, you know, wasn't really necessarily his problem. Um, so, like, yeah, absolutely, this is just one of those moments where everything went off the rails. Um, but I do just want to call out: I think there is a difference between me, the GM, deciding, like, looking at this and saying, "Hmm." Um, it would be really interesting to me if in this moment, like that thing that happened last session was actually your character getting replaced. Would you be comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with playing that at the table? Here's what the purpose would be. And here's like what the end goal is, right? Like this is part of my overarching plot that makes sense. And we come back to that moment where the character comes back or whatever it is. Um, and they find out that you've been not the character this whole time, right? Like, so I also think that there is potentially a difference between I'm the GM and I have an overall plot and a direction that we're moving in and my players trust me to tell a cool story with them than, um, you know, one of the players is playing a different game than everybody else, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's another piece of this puzzle <laughs> yeah there are absolutely 100 there are gm initiated conspiracies and there are player initiated initiated table conspiracies um and you know when you're doing it as a gm you are probably doing it because you are furthering a story when you are doing it as a player you are probably doing it to further yourself yes right and that yes. is probably that right there. also dangerous right yes. good a, a excellent observation right excellent observation that um there wasn't a story goal for Jim. There was a goal that he wanted to win the game. Yeah. Right. right? Um, which is, again, um, in any other role-playing game, I would have been like, absolutely not. But right. in Amber, like it's the kind of game where like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you read, so you've not read the novels, but no. in the first novel, there was an attempt to destroy the universe by sure. one of the uncles. Right. right. So this is a perfectly reasonable yeah, thing this is, to take on. <laughs> this is not like some far fetched idea. Like it had been tried before, right? Yeah. Like like they somebody had tried it and failed. And you know, um Jim's take was I think I could do it better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which, like it sounds like that's what the game is written to like steer you into. So <laughs> it certainly can, right? It it is it has its dangers, right? Um so anyway, it was very much that. All right, so cool. Um I think through that we have kind of talked about the pitfalls and by way of my amber game kind of highlighted how um these things can go wrong and of course mine all of those things went wrong right yeah so yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> we're like talking like perfect storm kind of stuff. So let's let's turn it around. And let's go with, all right, you want to have a table conspiracy with one or more, like GM and one or more players. Yes. What, going back to the things that we talked about. Yep. What do you need to do in order to make it 
successful. And I think we can just ping pong through all five of these really quick. I think there are six now. I think I added one. To oh, the cool. End. Cool. Yep. Good. Okay. So, um, so the first one is um, setting consent and expectations. So this is about having a session zero, making sure everybody's on board. If it's a game in which this kind of thing would come up, like the last one that I played like this was cartel. It absolutely sure. came up all over the place. Part of the expectation setting that you do should be, do we play this at the table? Do we have an expectation that stuff is happening silently behind people's backs, right? Like, how do you manage that? Have the conversation so that no one is surprised by how any given person decides to handle it. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Next one, have safety tools, right? Yeah. Betrayal (laughs) and secrets are a trigger for lots of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Just just for safety sake. I mean, you should be playing with safety tools, you know, in general anyway, but be aware that secrets and cons- secrets, conspiracies and betrayals are triggers for people. Ask up front, set some boundaries to how much, pe- how comfortable people are, how much they, you know, how comfortable they are. For instance, I'll just say with me, um, I am triggered by betrayal, by player betrayal. If yeah. an NPC betrays my character, I'm like, oh, that's story. Right. right? Like, yeah, like yeah. I am totally fine. Like, if I am playing a game and an NPC that I care for greatly backstabs me, yeah. I am like, oh, I can't believe that happened. That bastard. Like, I will exact my revenge. But yes. if one of my fellow players does it at the table, yep. I, we- I become like, it traumatizes me. And I know where this comes from. It comes from being a kid. And it comes from, you know, like friends being mean when you're little, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm very uncomfortable with that. I very much need to believe that my friends are my friends. Um, yeah, we I, have it, this on recording the last time that there was a safety abso- break in this department. Absolutely, right? <laughs> so for me, this is a place where a line and boundary, you know, lines and, lines and veils comes up, like comes up really well, which is I have a line on no player betrayal yeah but i'm totally fine with npc betrayal like you could totally have my npc my npc spouse whatever Whatever. can totally betray me at some point i'm i'm going to be okay with it but i swear if the player next to me betrays me i'm gonna come apart like i am not gonna have fun i'm gonna like it will be a problem for me okay yes so safety tools next one yep the the stakes moderate the stakes um, so that uh, this is not like the the end game that screws everyone over, right? Um, or if it is that there's like, you know, well, this ties into the next one, so I won't go into it too far. But like, um, you know, it, it, I, I'm sorry, I'm rewinding because I don't want to steal your thunder on the next point. I, I will just but briefly yes, go over it. But stakes. just good. Yep, stakes. 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 Cool. Next one, provide chances for discovery. Listen, conspiracies are great. Airtight conspiracies make people suspicious. Like have... Yeah have moments where things come up where people are like, Hmm, that seems odd. I think I'm going to do some investigating whether they are ultimately successful or not, or even if they fail a role, right? Because later when the reveal comes up and you're like, Oh, if you hadn't failed that perception check, you would have totally caught on to something going on. They'll be like, Oh man, man. right. Right? But they will feel like they had a chance. They had a chance, right? Like that's the foreshadowing thing. You got to give people some sort of lead in on this. But it isn't just a whack upside the head kind of thing, right? Um, The next one is don't let it go on for too long, right? This shouldn't be 
you know, uh, an entire year-long com- campaign of specifically, yeah. you thought you were playing this game, but I'm actually specifically trying to screw you over. Whatever yeah, it is, yeah. right? Yeah. 100%. And the number six that is the one that I'm just adding in yep. uh, on right top in. of everything is the um, be really careful about is this a GM um, conspiracy or is this a player conspiracy? Or I guess really the distinction there is is this a conspiracy that is to make the story fun and entertaining or is this a conspiracy that is just specifically for the furtherance of one character at the expense of the other characters? And I think that's key right there. That is what I was going to drill down to if you hadn't got to, but you got there. And that is 100%. um, I think the difference is that what's the intended effect here? Are we telling a cool story or are we trying to win? Yes. Right, because one of those is... Don't because one it. of those everyone will enjoy, the yes. other one everyone will resent. Except for the person who won. Correct. And <laughs> and they'll like and then no one else will be happy with that either. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Excellent. Good. All right, that's our summary. Um thank you very much for this topic, Ruben. Um it's a great one. Uh I'm happy to uh I'm happy and hopefully my massive mistakes, right? My <laughs> epic mistakes um, will have helped all of you um, avoid making similar mistakes. That is my, th- at this point, as a um, old dude in role playing, I am basically just a cautionary tale, <laughs> right? Like I am just, you know, you know, those signs that say, don't go too fast around this curve. Yeah, right? that because is because someone did. <laughs> yeah, that is like I am that sign for all of your role play. <laughs> like I have made many mistakes in these 40 something years. Allow me to help you avoid these so that you can make your own new and unique mistakes. Yeah, and then you can tell us what they are so that we exactly. can avoid them too. I'm going to make them too. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll do those too later. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, the, the other thing I was going to say just really briefly is, hey, and if you want to tell us the things that went right about your particular conspiracy, yeah, just hit us up on Twitter. We want to hear the details. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. Uh, before we can close out the show, we need to talk about another show on the Mr. Mark uh, Network. What do you got? Um, well, today I was going to talk about Bonus Experience, where Ray and Monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity while also sharing some of the dumbest humor that gaming has to offer. Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can also drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or you can find us on TikTok. Good luck. And once you find us in one of those locations, what can you do with that information, Phil? Sure. So give us questions, topics, uh, whatever it is that um, is challenging you in your play, uh, we want to help with. Our job here is to make things work better uh, and smoother for you by providing advice and giving you ideas on um, ways to make your game better uh, and happier with the whole goal that the easier it is and the more fun you get out of GMing and playing, the more you will want to stay in this hobby, the more different games you will want to run, and the more experiences you will have with your friends around the table. And that is everything for us. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. You can go to 
patreon.com slash mmp uh patrons get access to our slack community that's the big one um you get the bamboo lounge you get the after show from misdirected mark but the slack community is where it's happening 100 plus people all awesome humans talking about everything under the sun role-playing complaining about work politics life etc lots of good recipes boy if you want to you learn to if you want to learn to cook and eat well go hang out in our uh, in our in our recipe room Got some good stuff going on in there. Anyway, um, all of that is yours if you are a patron of the show. And we also have a Friday afternoon live chat, which is a bit chaotic, but it's I it's it, I like it. It warms my heart. It's a good time. So um, if you are a patron of the show, we thank you very much. If you're unable to patron the show, we, uh, we appreciate you and we understand there is a thing you can do. It just involves a little bit of your time. Um, if you have it to spare, it helps us immensely send a... What is that thing? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. Or you can like also tell a friend directly that that has the same effect. Really, what we're just trying to do is like share the information. So if there's someone that you think would like to listen to what we're doing, awesome. You should tell them. Send them on over. We love it. We love to have them. We love to have everybody. Um, yeah, and thank you so much to everybody who has already left a review. We really, really do appreciate it. They get put a lot of different places, so we don't see every single one of them. So you can also tell me where they are because they make my heart nice and warm and fuzzy inside. And uh, and that's good, too. Say, Senda, what do you think about us putting together a little doppelganger uh, thing in your uh, next in your next visit to my ox game yeah I actually think that would be pretty cool <laughs> this show is a joint production of she's a super geek and misdirected mark productions the media arm of encoded designs Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what you got. Check, check. <sighs> audio. Yeah, I got audio. I'm good. I have audio. You ready? You want to speed right into this? <laughs> yeah, waveforms. Waveforms. All right, ready? Yeah. Bloop. Do. My mic cord because it's making weird thunky sounds and I don't want that to pick up, so we're just gonna keep going. Okay, we're good now. Can you hear me? Yes. All right, we're gonna close out the show. Just signal me along the way. Okay. Yo. Phil is having some headphone troubles, um, so I'm waving at him that he's supposed to be his turn, but he's not seeing it, and um, so I'm going to write down another timestamp, and we're just going to give him a second to, to fix this. We're just going to see if he can hear us now. Can you hear us now? No? Maybe? He's working on it. He's working on it. He looks very intense, very focused. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Did you finish out the show? Uh, no, I was. You just have to ask me a question. Sure. <laughs> I ran out of stuff to say. It's fine. I got some editing points sure. written down. <laughs>